Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the show. You know, I'm not trying to be smarmy, but... Damn, if I don't say it myself, I told you so. The Los Angeles Dodgers, and specifically Dave Roberts, just hand-delivered the World Series to Boston. Game 4 last night was even more of a pitcher's duel than I was expecting. But for the way the Dodgers lost that game... And just the inexplicable decision of Dave Roberts to pull Rich Hill from a game where he's cruising under 100 pitches, pitching into the seventh inning, hasn't given up a run yet. And for Dave Roberts to say that, you know, oh, well, I had a conversation with him beforehand and, you know, Rich told me that he was going to leave it all out there. So I I took it to mean that, you know, he was spent without, you know, actually going to talk to the man first before making the decision to pull him. I don't know. Comes across as a half-assed decision that he then tried to back into by trying to make it sound like Rich Hill was asking out of the game, which is utter BS. You know, I, I, you know, I'm so sick of this shit. I, I like I, I and uh, pardon me for swearing, but like honestly, Dave Roberts is so beholden to his stat book that honestly, the Los Angeles Dodgers should just fire in the manager position and just let the Excel spreadsheet or a statistical model run the team automatically with a robot. Because if you, if you're telling me that a starting pitcher and a pivotal game of the World Series is cruising without giving up a run where you had already expended your bullpen in an 18-inning game. 18 innings of work. So you have a depleted bullpen. You want to tell me that the game plan is to now pull a starting pitcher early when he's not in danger yet when you have a four-run lead. Really? Really? That's what we're going with here, folks. 
you know, this is just beyond stupid because there's no way you could possibly ever sell the idea that a starting pitcher would ask out of a World Series game without giving up a run. It's utterly ridiculous. And Dave Roberts is more than, uh, (laughs) I mean, to call him a punching bag at this point for criticism would be an understatement. He deserves every heap of second guessing and criticism that anyone can pile on for. It's like, usually I'm like, especially with minority managers, it is so hard to gain credibility with folks constantly second guessing. And, you know, and I I will flat out say there are some managers and coaches that get away with it that get uh, that, you know, are not minorities. And it's utterly ridiculous. But Dave Roberts, I cannot look a look to look away when I see the BS that he pulls constantly with this Dodgers team, like especially in this World Series after the debacle of last year's World Series, where again, part of the reason why the Astros won it was because Dave Roberts was one of the uh, most illogical managers when it came to just pulling guys randomly because the computer model said so. And it had no bearing to do with how the game flow was actually going. So for Dave Roberts to then turn around and learn absolutely nothing from that defeat last year, to pull the same stunts again with no no semblance of self-awareness of what's going on. And basically he just summed it up as, well, the the decisions that we made to use the bullpen didn't work out as we intended. No kidding. Literally, the between the Dodgers and the Red Sox bullpens, like this game was four nothing in the uh, to start off the seventh inning, and the four runs in the it came in the bottom of the sixth inning. This game was scoreless uh, before the bottom of the sixth inning, and the home run that Yasiel Puig hit. You know what? Rodriguez finally made a mistake, and he knew it. And it, and it only came after uh, an error by Christian Vasquez. Because before that error, I thought Rodriguez was going to get out of that inning uh, without any damage. I, I I thought it was just too aggressive too aggressive a play by Rodriguez trying to end the inning that caused Rodri- uh, G- Rodriguez to give up that home run to Puy because it got him out of sorts. Because... They had given up the run because of the error by uh, Vasquez by uh, uh, throwing outside the baseline uh, as a as a, as a, he was trying to a, a double uh, make the double up play on Bellinger, and you know Puig made uh, Rodriguez pay in the next AB. That's really what it came down to. I thought Rodriguez was pitching brilliantly. So was Rich Hill. Rodriguez. Just got a little bit out of sorts because of what happened in the bottom of the sixth. And I think the error kind of shook him a bit. And he lost concentration just for a second. And then gave up the bomb to Yasiel Puig. But to follow that up, the very next half inning, you have Rich Hill on the mound. Not give up a hit. Get, I mean, let's go through the sequence of what happened in the seventh. Just to give you guys context, because 
I, I'm, I'm very animated here because this was so illogical and just mind-numbingly stupid. So he, here's what actually happened. Rich Hill's pitching. Xander Bogertz walks on a tough at-bat. It was a full count when Bogertz drew the walk. First pitch, fastball up and away. Trying to get him to chase. Didn't bite on it, but it was a, it was a, it was a good pitch. It could, it could have been called a strike, but it was just outside enough that, it, fine, you can call it a ball. Second pitch, curveball down and in. Try to get uh, Bogertz to chase. It didn't work. Bogertz was being very disciplined. So it counts 2-0. Third pitch, fastball up and away. Try to get Bogertz to chase. He's being real disciplined. He's, he's, not, he's not taking the bait. So it's a 3-0 count. Rich Hill then decides, okay, I'm going to pour the fastball in and hope that he doesn't swing on 3-0. So pours in the fastball in or half of the plate, uh, strike one. So it's 3-1 count. Then he follows it up with a great curveball. Beautiful. Right down and in, catches the stri- bottom half of the strike zone, so, uh, call for a second strike. So he he, he, go, he goes, he, uh, so he, it's a, th- a full count 3-2. He tries to put away Bogertz. Throws another inside curveball. This time, this one just misses, and it gets too much of the inner half of the plate. So you got, uh, so it had to be called a ball because it was off the plate. But it was a good, it was a good pitch, and it was an even better take by Bogarts. This is not Rich Hill being tired, exhausted, not being able to locate his pitches. He he executed the way he was intending to, and Bogarts just had a great take. I don't want to hear it because the next day, B. Uh, you, you get you got Nunez at the plate. Fouls off a fastball inner half of the plate. Strike two was a curveball on the outside. Nunez could, just could only sit there and watch. Strike three swinging on an outside fastball uh, that he, uh, Rich Hill expanded his zone up. Three straight pitches, and there were all you could call the third pitch also a strike because it was so close to the plate that Nunez had a swing at it. Just to protect himself, and he and he couldn't and he couldn't get to it. And it, with all that, with all of that, Dave Roberts decides to pull Richio right then and there for the bullpen. You've got to be kidding me! The man has not given up a run yet. You got a runner on first that got on there on a walk on a full count. From that point on, the Boston Red Sox scored nine runs. And the final three innings, the final score of the game is nine to six. The Dodgers were up four to nothing, right at, at, in the uh, in the top of the seventh inning. The, the Red Sox blew this game open with the Dodgers bullpen after not getting anything off of Rich Hill because the urn runs uh, the urn run off of Rich Hill came because uh, uh, Dave Roberts saw fit to bring in Ryan Matson who can't get me out at this point with the, with the way he's actually pitching. The The simple fact of the matter is, Dave Roberts has been making illogical decisions the entire way through and has n- not been properly called out on the carpet for it, and it finally burned uh, his team. And it's, it's so disgusting to see what's happened to the Dodgers because Rich Hill pitched his heart out, was still in firm control of this game, 
until his manager took him out of it. It made, there was no defending this decision whatsoever. And I don't want to hear the analytics experts explain why Dave Roberts did what he did. Common sense shows what was going on in that game. The Red Sox were not picking up uh, Rich Hill's uh, pitches at all. They were not comfortable in any of their at-bats. Bogarts had a great at-bat and just tried to hang in there and not and just take keep taking pitches and hope that Rich Hill got tired. And guess what? It worked. Not because Rich Hill was actually tired, but because it tricked Dave Roberts into overthinking it yet again and just pulling him outright. This World Series, for all intents and purposes, is over. I mean, and you can point to one guy squarely for this loss. It's on Dave Roberts. That's, it's as simple as that. All right, let's take a brief moment here for a brief word. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Stroud have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. And we're back because we got to talk about the DFS picks uh, today. So today's an interesting slate because, again, because of the London game, you got a smaller slate and a couple of teams on buys. Uh, and, you know, most notably, uh, you've you've got Zeke on buy uh, with the Cowboys. So you, you got one of the major pieces for running back off the board here. So uh, I want to kind of address it where, you know, ideally, I think I have an idea of where I want to go with my running backs. Quarterback seems to be the mixed bag here that I'm a little bit skittish about because, you know, I, I want to go back to the Dalton uh, Dalton uh, bus again, uh, but I'm a little bit hesitant because, frankly, Andy Dalton was so bad last week that it... it, it it, that was just oh, such a such a burn moment. But uh, you know, I I think uh, you get you gonna have to go back to him. But let's talk about quarterbacks here for fantasy perspective. A few quarterbacks that I'm looking at here in particular would be Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, and you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Joe Flacco. I mean, yes, these are not sexy names at all, uh, to be perfectly honest. But uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna pay down a QB to uh, get a few more of the premier running backs in the lineup uh, this week is where I feel like uh, the direction I want to be heading in. So uh, this is what it, it's looking like in terms of the pricing. So let's start off with FanDuel. Uh, both Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton are at seventy eight hundred uh, in terms of salary. You know, based off of the matchup, this should be high scoring. I fully expect the Bengals to win it, but I do expect a lot of scores in this one. So I'm I'm kind of leaning towards these two being uh, 
the core plays I'm using on FanDuel. Uh, Stafford's running at 7,300. Baker Mayfield, 7,200. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, I mean, uh, I think Mitchell Trubisky is a bit is a bit high in terms of his value because uh, I mean his owner uh, his uh, salary value because he's at seventy seven hundred on uh, FanDuel. Uh, Big Ben will run you eighty four hundred. I mean he's the second. Uh, uh, I mean third highest price QB on the slate uh, because you got uh, Aaron Rodgers at eighty six hundred. Uh, uh, oh, actually, I forgot. Jared Goff's at eighty five hundred, but yeah, and uh, Patty Ice, uh, Mahomes, uh, he's at ninety two hundred. You know, I I, I want to spend down, so I'm looking at Winston and Dalton, and those look like my best options here on Fanduel. Uh, you know, the pricing's a little bit different on uh, DraftKings, uh, but uh, that's where I I, I kind of feel uh, I'd be best served. So uh, I mean, if I go over to DraftKings. I mean, basically, uh, you know, uh, pricing is going to uh, work out to be a bit different. So that's where uh, we're, uh, we're going to get a little bit more separation. But, you know, again, so many QBs are priced in the same range. Uh, you know, at least that way you get a little bit more balance. So uh, Winston's at six uh, 6,000. Uh, you got Andy Dalton at 6,200 on DraftKings. Stafford's at 5,600. Uh, Trubisky, you know, is more of a play on DraftKings, in my opinion, at 6100 now, just because uh, you don't have to pay up as much. And uh, Mahomes is the high man at 7000 So even DraftKings, it used to be the case where quarterbacks were so much more expensive, but now it, I think they've kind of gotten to the trend where uh, they're pricing them down uh, just because they're seeing where people are kind of stacking QBs. Uh, I, I'd also say on DraftKings... Uh, Jared Goff at 6,000, you know, given the weakness in the Green Bay secondary, I, I definitely think it's going to be an extremely popular play today. I, I, I would be shocked if he wasn't highly owned uh, today. Moving on to the wide uh, wide receiver position, uh, you know, I'm looking at Antonio Brown here, and FanDuel, the pricing's at 8,800. I, I think I'm going to have to get my exposure on AB up uh, today, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just from the standpoint of uh, 8,800 FanDuel, 8,500 on DraftKings, uh, this this looks like it would figure to be uh, a, a mid, uh, mid uh, to high exposure for Antonio today, uh, based off of the potential output. Uh, you know, guys that would, wouldn't would surprise me at all being up there. Uh, I like A.J. Green. I like Tyler Boyd of the Bengals. I, I think that Bengals wide receiver core has a ton of value. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to uh, try to go on the safe side and, and play uh, A.J. Green instead of Boyd. But, you know, I probably should do a stack. Man, I'm... Uh, you know, even as I'm uh, debating here, because uh, uh, Boyd's going to run you, uh, is going to run you 6,700 on uh, DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel pricing uh, will look a little bit different. Uh, uh, the FanDuel pricing uh, uh, factors in uh, a little bit higher, but uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, he'll be at 6,800. 
I just think that, you know, you've got uh, a play here. Plus, uh, in terms of the Seattle-Detroit matchup, I like Golden Tate. I like Kenny Galladay. You know, even Marvin Jones can have a good day. I I mean, all of the uh, Lions receivers are priced uh, relatively close to one another. I mean, obviously, Golden Tate's slightly higher. But, uh, you know, they're all in that uh, $6,000 to $7,000 range. And I, I think that they're both due for uh, a big day. As like I like the Lions receivers. I just don't know who's going to have the breakout game. But I, I do like the Lions receivers. And I'm sorry if I'm not being overly specific. But uh, to me, that lineup slate uh, between uh, Seattle and Detroit, I think that's being undersold here. I think that game has a definite potential of being one of the higher scoring uh, games uh, on the slate today uh, and a a source of uh, fantasy points uh, on all sides there. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the remainder of the the program, I I, I say that, uh, you know, you can look at a couple other guys uh, from the wide receiver position, uh, mostly uh, in terms of... uh, like the John Browns of the world. Uh, you can look at uh, Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins. They have premier matchup. I like uh, Emmanuel Sanders as well. I, I will say that. I should also be suggesting uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard. But the, the biggest problem is that I look at Pat Trimmer's play calling and I don't trust him for a second. So to be perfectly honest with you folks, the Giants' offense is a complete and utter dumpster fire. I, I mean, I'll talk about Saquon Barkley as well today, but I'm going to play a lot of Saquon Barkley today, and I am utterly scared to do so. I feel as though I'm going to be wasting my, like, just burning money with Saquon Barkley today because I don't believe Pat Trimmer knows what the hell he has uh, in terms of a team. I honestly think that the Giants should be firing Pat Shermer. I'm not even... I I talked about it already. But I I honestly think Pat Shermer should be fired already because nothing has uh, shown me that Pat Shermer actually knows what what he's actually doing with his team. So uh, in terms of the running back position, I think James Conner is a lock today. Uh, $7,500 on DraftKings. Uh, The FanDuel pricing will run you... uh, he should be run, uh, running uh, in the range of. Uh, hold on a second. I I just uh, had it written down here. Yep, uh, it was eight thousand on uh, Fanduel. But I, I like James Conner's matchup against the uh, the Browns because the one thing, even though I don't think he'll be from a yardage standpoint, the way the Steelers' offense seems to be running is that they are gonna keep using Conner on the small goal line situations. And just in tight corners, so they'll they'll run James Conner. So I don't think this is going to be necessarily a yardage play. I think uh, it'll be more from a goal line carry situation. So that's why I'm not a big fan of Juju today. I do like uh, uh, AB because I think AB can get the big passing plays down the field. But I think once he gets into the red zone, I think it's going to be Conner's time uh, to uh, make plays. And that's where uh, you're going to get the point valuation from uh, Conner. So... At 7,500, I, I, I do kind of like Connor. Joe Mixon's a definite lock at 7,300 on DraftKings. 
Uh, the FanDuel pricing uh, will run you at 7,800. Uh, I think that those are definite plays. Uh, I talked about Saquon uh, today at 8,800 uh, on uh, DraftKings, 8,900 on FanDuel. I don't trust Pat Shermer one bit. So if there's one Giants player I think can be productive, then, you know, at least it'll be Saquon. But man, I, I just have so little confidence in the Giants because I don't believe in this play calling one iota. It's absolutely pathetic that we're already halfway through the season. I'm calling for a coach to get fired uh, on my own team in, the, in his first year. It's it's utterly pathetic. Um, a dark horse candidate I would say people should keep an eye on is uh, Chris Carson of uh, the Seahawks. Uh, real cheap pricing. The Lions run defense is atrocious, which is why they... Uh, they were looking for uh, help from uh, Snacks Harrison. So I, I like uh, Carson at 4300 on DraftKings. Uh, the FanDuel pricing is a little bit higher, but it's not that much higher in terms of... Yeah, so on FanDuel, the pricing is a bit higher at 6300 but I, I do like Carson today. I also like Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos, and I talked about it. And Tariq Cohen is also a lock for me. So I'm I'm gonna be like paying up for uh, three running backs today, and probably fitting in Todd Gurley as well because Gurley, I mean, is gonna run you 11 grand on uh, Fanduel and on DraftKings. I mean, the price, the pricing's, the pricing's the pricing on on DraftKings. I mean, Gurley is gonna be expensive, but you know, I just feel as though you're gonna be having to win your matchup with your running backs today as opposed to some of the other players. I, I just don't look at this as a situation where you can uh, objectively get away with uh, uh, some, of these, uh, uh, some of these plays because I think there's just uh, there's going to be a lot of chalk that's going to result from the limited slate. So not everybody's going to go off, uh, especially on the quarterback side. So I think you're going to need the running backs to kind of buoy the rest of the team. Uh, regarding tight ends, again, this is going to be the crapshoot. I mean, uh, you can pay up for Travis Kelsey, uh, but I, I kind of look at Greg Olson as a potential play, O.J. Howard, uh, the Vance McDonald's of the world. I mean, tight end is just such a crapshoot that I don't trust the, the tight end position whatsoever, but... Uh, you know, that's re- realistically what it uh, ends up being. But, uh, you know, the end at the end of the day, I I just don't know what else you can do with tight end other than just uh, try to go as cheap as possible and hope that it works out. But uh, I, I, I look at Vance McDonald at 3700 OJ Howard at 3900 and hope for the best. And maybe you get in the end zone. But uh, that's about it in terms of uh, the uh, production value there. As far as defenses go, I'm only looking at two spots. I'll, I'll look at the Steelers, and I'm going to take a look at the uh, Washington. Washington, because I know Pat Trimmer doesn't know what, what the hell he's doing with the Giants. So I'm confident that Washington can hold the Giants to under 14 points because they got a superior defensive line, and the Giants' offensive line can't block anyone so I know the Giants offense is going to struggle mightily today so I have full confidence in Washington uh keeping uh the touchdowns to a minimum for the Giants so 
Uh, I think the Giants, maybe they score 13 points today. Maybe. I, I, I think that even that's a stretch today. I think this is going to be an ugly-looking game for the Giants. Maybe the defense shows up and it keeps it close, but that's about it. it. You know, the Giants, I have no confidence in. And the Steelers, I think because they were embarrassed enough uh, the last couple of weeks, they'll show up and actually do some, uh, do some uh, quality work today against Baker Mayfield. Uh, so even though I think Baker will have some passing yards, I think it, they may be able to keep uh, uh, the Browns out of the end zone, and maybe they can get a couple of turnovers on them. Uh, so that's the reason why I would play uh, uh, the Steelers on the main slate. But outside of that, I don't really trust any of these defenses, to be perfectly honest with you. So I want to be cheap on the defenses. Uh, I mean, because the Bears are 4100 And, I mean, paying that much for a Bears defense, unless they sack Sam, uh, Sam Darnold, I keep calling him Bradford for some reason. Uh, unless they sack Sam Darnold like seven times, or they get a defensive touchdown, it's almost impossible for the Bears to get return. You're going to get, uh, like, the ROE on the Bears' defense today. It's just so hard. I, I just can't recommend them uh, in any way unless they get a defensive touchdown, and that's so hard to bank on. So I would rather just pay down and just take uh, Washington all day versus the Bears. That's just the way I feel about it. You know, the, the Giants just are not very good. <laughs> it's just... That's all that really comes down to. They're just not very good, and th- that's just the way I feel. It's like the Giants just don't score points, and it's because of the play calling because the offensive line is horrendous, but the play calling is so uninspired that I- I'm convinced Pat Schirmer doesn't know what he's doing. Watch the Giants go ahead and score 30 points make you look like a jackass, but you know, realistically, this is what the Giants are. They're a bad football team, and they're going to lose again today. So, uh, that's uh, that's where I stand on uh, uh, the matter. And so, uh, that pretty much does it for the picks. Uh, but uh, I would say, like, the key here today is try to get the premier running backs in. So, try to get to your Connor exposure, your Mixon exposure, your Gurley exposure. You know, you can mix it in with some Carrion Johnson, some Tariq Cohen. Uh, those guys should be able to have good days today. I'm not as big a fan as Kareem Hunt as most folks because I think the Broncos have so many other ways of giving up points that it it makes it a little bit difficult uh, in general to predict how it's going to go. And then with uh, Saquon, I think he's going to get a lot of dump off, so he'll have some value that way for the Giants. But, you know, again, nothing that can be deemed reliable uh, because of the helter-skelter nature of the Giants' offense with having no actual game plan in place so uh that's the way i look at it so uh take from that what you will uh best of luck to all of you uh and uh we'll see how it goes uh, today on the on the main slate so uh, i'll catch up for you a bit later and uh, we'll go through the sunday night uh recap as well so have a good one folks It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. 
Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll, <laughs> I'll take Giselle, okay? Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.